G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The movie The King's Speech is based on a true story about King George VI of England, who suffered from a speech impediment. Prior to his coronation, he never wanted the throne and was glad that his brother Edward was king. However, the scandal of Edward's marriage to a divorcee led to his abdication, and George inherited the throne by default. The reluctant new monarch was petrified. His stutter was already a source of great public embarrassment to him, and now his new position thrust him into the limelight so much more. Furthermore, he would now be expected to make many speeches, both in public and over the radio. An Australian speech therapist, Lionel Logue, came to the King's rescue. Before attempting to treat him, however, Logue warned him that no real progress was possible unless he consented to forget all he had ever learned about voice production and go right back to the beginning, learning afresh to pronounce Mama, Dada. Only so, declared Logue, could the King expect to conquer his vocal impediment. Many of us have had to make a similar adjustment in our spiritual understanding. Like the King, we've had to unlearn many erroneous things we've been taught about our relationship with God and go right back to the beginning. Consequently, we have made the liberating transition from a servant mentality to the intimacy of a son who cries, Abba, Father. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thanks for joining us. Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg as we wrap up our discussion this week on the subject of hearing God's voice. And Ken, you made the point this week that in order to hear the voice of God, we must be convinced of the intimacy of our relationship with him under the new covenant. Yes, as we've seen, the old covenant was characterized by a distinct distance between God and his people, and that was highlighted by the need of human mediators. This detachment, if you like, from God made him seem remote from his people and saw them as servants waiting the next message or set of instructions via whoever happened to be his spokesperson at the time. But on the day before the cross, the last day, if you like, of the old covenant, Jesus said that all of that was about to end. Mm. He said, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. Now, Christians don't have earthly priests. The Levitical priesthood of the Old Testament operated on earth, but our high priest brought that system to an end once for all by his sacrifice on the cross. He then ushered in a new priesthood of a different kind. Uh, It's a priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, and this is a heavenly priesthood. So our great high priest Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, and he has made every believer a priest, providing direct access to the Father through him. Now, Phil, our sanctuary is in heaven, and our priesthood, therefore, is a heavenly one. So if we have a priest on earth, we don't have one in heaven. Mm. But if our high priest is in heaven, we neither have nor need a human mediator on earth. It's true. And something else worth reminding ourselves of that we've touched on this week is that having an earthly mediator doesn't mean necessarily just having a priest that we would want to approach God through. 
But we can have old covenant mentality by thinking that other Christians are more qualified than us, you know, that, that they can go into his presence and get his word on our behalf. Maybe we can't. Yeah, I think that's a point that um, Paul illustrated in one of his epistles, the epistle to the Galatians. Mm. Uh, he used an analogy from the time to really describe the intimacy that we now have with God under the new covenant, in contrast to those who lived under the old covenant. Uh, he likened the law to a child custodian, which was called a pedagogue. Right. Now, uh, Phil, you, you may have heard this teaching before. Uh, in those days, a Greek or a a Roman home, like a wealthy home, would employ a pedagogue. Now, that person had a specific role in educating the children and basically looking after them. Sounds like a nanny kind of a role. Is that right? Yeah. And this person was actually an intermediary, if you like, between the father of the household and his child. He was the go-between. So the father gave instructions and carried them to the child and uh, was the link, if you like, between them. Okay. Now, in a similar way, that's like the law. Paul says this is like those that were under the law. The whole system of the pedagogue worked against intimacy between the father and the child, Mm. and that's what the law did. It actually worked against intimacy with God. It kept us away from God. The child would one day inherit everything that belonged to the father, but during this particular period when he was still a child under the pedagogue, uh, his status actually was no different to one of the servants in the house. In fact, some mm. of the servants had greater authority than he did. Mm. But, of course, the time came when that was all going to change. The boy was no longer going to be a child but a son. He came to what was called the adoption into sonhood. When that took place, he could dismiss this pedagogue, this household servant. He didn't need his role or his services in his life anymore. That role had come to an end, if you like. And Paul says that's exactly like the transition of moving out from the old covenant into the new covenant. So our fullness into that sonship, if you like, yep. where we have direct access to the Father yep. and we can enter into that intimacy with him exactly. is what the new covenant has done to us as opposed to the old. It would be pretty hard to achieve intimacy under that old system where you've got to go through somebody else. Impossible, impossible. Yeah. Uh, but the relationship between the people of God and God himself changed at the cross. Paul puts it this way in that same chapter in Galatians. He says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive the adoption of sons. Just as that child was adopted as a son and he started to have this intimacy, this uh, wonderful relationship with his father at last, that's what happened to the people of God. The law was set aside. The pedagogue, if you like, has been dismissed from our lives and there's nothing between us and God. We have wonderful, intimate relationship with him. So if we run to others to find out what God's saying to us, are we effectively cutting out the Holy Spirit in our lives and, and the Holy Spirit's ministry? Yeah, I, I think we're going back under the old covenant mentality again of thinking that someone can get to God better than we can mm-hmm. on our behalf. Yeah. So we go to them and we say, what's God saying about our lives? And um, have you got a word for me from God and all that sort of thing? And that's the kind of mentality that creeps in. Now, Paul goes on to say this, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Then he goes on to say, therefore, you are no longer a slave. John Wesley uh, gives his own testimony regarding this, Phil, and he talks about the moment, the day when this dawned upon him, you know, like he'd been relating to God in a very legalistic way through the law and so on. Then God gave him this revelation that that's old covenant thinking, that now there's this intimacy of relationship. And he says that he changed the relationship of a servant 
and replaced it with that of a son. I guess one of the big characteristics of the new covenant compared to the old is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yeah, you know, in that passage that we're looking at, Paul says, God has sent forth his spirit into your heart, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Mm. So when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, he wants us to feel like we are sons and daughters of God. And he produces this feeling of crying out, Abba, Daddy, Father. In another scripture, Paul says, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And it's through the indwelling spirit that we enjoy this intimacy with God. So we've been talking this week about learning to hear the voice of God and learning to develop a relationship with him. And it's important then as believers in the new covenant to know what it is to be led by the spirit Mm. because it's the spirit as opposed to the law that gives us that intimacy with God. What would you say though to someone who might find all this talk about hearing the voice of God a bit daunting? Well, let me give an illustration here, Phil. Um, You remember Samuel when he first heard the voice of God? Yes. He thought it was the voice of Eli. And he went into Eli's room and said, what did you want? You know, you called me. He said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he went back to bed and then he heard that voice again and came into Eli's room and says, what is it? You called me. He said, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And then he heard it again the third time and Eli realized what was happening. He said, no, that's the Lord speaking to you. When you hear that voice again, say, here am I, your servant is listening. What was happening there is that Samuel was learning to hear and recognize the voice of God. It was new, as you say, it was daunting, but we've all gone through that phase where we heard the voice of God for the first time, and but now we become more and more familiar with it as the time goes on as we walk with the Lord. Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.